speak moron as well as you, but let me try. What the hell is supposed to do, you moron? It's a moron. That's not against the law. Gun! You fucking moron! I stop like Batman. Because he is Batman, you moron. What are you, a fucking moron? Ah! You moron! Drop dead. Moron. Stepping morons like yourself. Be down, you moron! A hey, moron! Good evening, fellow morons, and welcome to this re- quite regular Thursday night that we typically are having. Um, we've got actually no structure of when we stick a, an episode out. It's like sometimes it's a Friday if I can be asked fixing it. Sometimes it's a Tuesday for sticking to our, our Monday routine. I think it was a Sunday morning that the last one came out on. But oh. They get out right, so we kind of complain too much. Mm-hmm. But how are we all doing tonight? Okay, I'm, I'm excited to hear what people have got to say about the movies this week. Well, the two movies in question that we do have this week are The Lighthouse, uh, starring Rob Patterson and Willem Dafoe, and a classic in The Shining with uh, everybody's favourite, Shelley Duvall and Jack Nicholson. Mm-hmm. We're going to start off this week with talking about The Lighthouse first. But I do want to just say, guys, we hit 1,000 downloads on the podcast this week. Well done. So our current figures as of today are 1,011 downloads have happened um, with 85 downloads in the last seven days. So for those that have went in and downloaded our listening, thank you very much. We had a massive spike during the week. Um of people downloading the the podcast, um, maybe they were spurred on with the Back to the Future scoring that uh, seemed to cause some controversy on the Instagram account. Can anybody remember roughly what the score was for Back to the Future? It was bang on what I gave it, which was two point seven five. I like it when that happens; it shows that I was right. <laughs> <laughs> Not that you're competitive about it or that. Uh, so, so last week we had Back to the Future scoring a 2.75, bringing it 72nd on our list, and Boys in the Hood at a 3.7, coming in at 30 seconds. So quite contrasting movies, which will be interesting to see what rolls through with this week. Um, there's been a bit of a chatter in the group chat about the first movie that we're going to talk about today, with people maybe showing their hand a little bit of their their thoughts on it. <laughs> We're going to come to Burnsy first of all, who is going to give us his incredible insight to the movie Lighthouse. And I think you might have been the first one from us all to watch it as well. So let's hope you can remember. Um, I wasn't the first one to finish it. I had to turn it off <laughs> and then go back to it. That's that was how I felt about the movie. Um, I think this is the worst four pound I've ever spent on buying a, buying anything in my entire life. <laughs> I can't think. Somebody might be able to correct me of what I could have, what worse I could spend four pound on, but it must be up there. Um, I don't even. I've not even actually got a proper review to say what happened in the film because to me there was very little of interest throughout it. Um, I don't understand why it was even in this category. It's not, it's not, to me, it's not even a horror movie. It's never, never was scared whatsoever. The Foghorn at the very start, that just started off the film as it went, went to go on. It did my boxing. Um, the, even the, 
turns out stuff before you go, you put a good voice note in doing an impression of that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I sure did. <laughs> How did it go? How did it go? Well, I can't. I couldn't give it justice because I actually had the film on in the background whilst I was doing it, so I had, had to hit the right notes. <laughs> um, but even the language was like, even the lines in that, the, I actually felt sorry for the actors in it because. I might have made a lot of money and people might like this, but I felt sorry for them watching this because the lines they were given were just boring up to years as well. Um, I don't have any idea what the point in this film was at all. Um, and I think if I was given two really bad movies, I would have been tempted just to tell you I was taking time off to watching films because of how bad this was. It's like the only... The good, the best point I can think of in the film, which I did message you, is I think the best part in the film for me was the tune that they had in the credits. That was actually quite catchy. Um, <laughs> and also because the film was finished, that brought a smell to my face, but I was not smelling any of the, however long this film was. It felt about four hours, but it was only maybe about two hours watching it. Well, for those that haven't watched this film that are listening, uh, The Lighthouse is an hour and 49 minutes long. It's about two lighthouse keepers that try to maintain their sanity while living on a remote, mysterious New England island in the 1890s. I was so sure I... sanity watching the film, I'll tell you that for now. <laughs> <laughs> so, get... do you know what Burns it is? up there with what I expected you were going to say about your thoughts on it. But what we're going to do is we're going to keep the keep it going, come straight to Daniel to get his thoughts <laughs> to see if they mirror your own. Um, firstly, we can somebody note down the worst four pounds I've ever spent as a Already done. Already <laughs> done. Um, so, see what I, the first five minutes of this, maybe the first ten minutes of this, I started catching myself laughing thinking about you watching this, like, college. <laughs> um, who was actually was suggested this to be in the vote? Um, it was Kyle. Great. You should have guessed that, to be fair. Based on um, some of the big competition to win this vote. I mean, we put in, we didn't even get restricted to the platforms. We put in basically the 16 most popular platforms <laughs> that we could think of in this quarter. Um, so yeah, I had a smile on my face as I watched it because I knew that Sean and Burnsley would be sitting thinking, what the fuck is this? Like, what is this? Um, the first half hour, I actually shouted through Ella and I said, this film is shite. <laughs> and then, see, half an hour after that, I was thinking, this is fucking amazing. I like, you're going to say this is really shite. No. <laughs> <like>, <laughs> I found myself getting really drawn into this. Um, my big contrast to what you said, Burnsy, is I thought the actors looked like they were having the fucking greatest time in their lives from an acting point of view. Like they got to go like balls out, like over the top fucking mental acting. Uh, I think the phone patterns are really good in this. I mean, it's a bit of a weird film. It's essentially just about two folk. What would happen? Two folk getting stranded and going fucking mental. Like they were there for. So that I was trying to figure out how long they were there. So it was initially nine months, and then they were meant to get picked up. And then they were there for fucking ages after they missed the boat or whatever. So I'm assuming they were there for like a year, year and a half, like just two folk 
and that guy tried to do those fucking chores every fucking day. Um, I, I thought it was a lens system. We've got two movies this week that are kind of like about watching somebody slowly go insane. Um, and I think it leaves you figuring out, are they both mental or is it actually just Robert Pattinson that's going mental the whole time? Like, is everything is just in his head? Is he just a fucking psychopath? He actually murdered that other guy. I don't know, I found it quite interesting. I thought there was quite a lot to try and figure out in the film. Um, then the ending, I was, I was bitterly disappointed at the end. Like, it kind of, and then knocked a wee bit of the shine off for me. So I took me on a bit, it took me on a bit of a journey. I started off hating it, then I sort of started to get what they were doing and I enjoyed it. I loved all the bits, but it was just the two of them and the wee bit where they eat, um, just where they sit at the table. It started off like so fucking cold between them, and then later on they just had this sort of love hate relationship where they would just get smashed and then suddenly be dancing about together and fucking screaming and doing fucking weird shit and then fighting and. I don't know. I just found myself really enjoying it. It felt a bit like watching a play. Like, yeah. performances. It was like watching a play. I, I think Burns and Sean would fucking hate that. But I, I, I quite like stuff like that. So for me, I, I really enjoyed it. It just felt like a... Like, I bet Willem Dafoe, see that bit where he stood, stands up and he gives a big fucking stupidly long speech about how he was, like, cursing them because he didn't, mm. want, he didn't like his lobster. Like, that was so absurd to me because Robert Pattinson's character wouldn't admit that he liked his dinner sometimes because he wanted a steak. He was fucking trying to curse him. But that went on for ages and ages and ages. That big, long bit of fucking, uh, the big monologue. And I was like, I bet Willem Dafoe fucking loved doing all this. Um, it's very, very archery. I can imagine this is going to, this, this is in danger of getting a couple of zeros, I think, in here. Um, and I definitely understand why. But I, I, I enjoyed this. Yeah, listen, I'm going to just jump in there and echo very similar to yourself. It was that starting off chuckling because of the, the messages in the chat about, like, is it going to be, all the time is it going to be this little square in the middle of the screen? And there was just little bits that I was like, oh, chuckling, mm. very similar, chuckling away at it. But I found myself being very intrigued by this, like it, watching the slow descent into madness from... Rob Patterson's character, because Will mm. Defoe's character seemed to have that already. He was like a really, really a big arsehole, like a proper bully who spoke utter shit to Rob Patterson, made him do all the dog work. And then Rob Patterson's character, you see him like rebelling a little bit and he slowly gets more and more mental as it goes on. But I was definitely drawn in by how good those two were together in this movie. Like they were absolutely shit hot. Um, I, Rob Patterson, I was well, to, like, well impressed with because you get this stigma with him about him being the Twilight actor and he's Edward Cullen and that. And now you folk are talking about him about his Batman, but I've never really watched any of his films, so I kind of, kind of really relate to how if he's good or not. But this, I thought he was excellent, absolutely excellent. And there was loads of little bits that jumped in where I was a bit confused by it, and I don't know if I still fully understand what happened in this film, and I probably need to watch it again. So yeah, we should discuss those bits and what we thought they meant. Like, what let's go through some of the weird, confusing bits. Do we so, think that it is real, or is that in his head? What was that? Sorry, start again. A maid on the beach that screamed at him. Is that anything, or is that in his mental head? So I, 
in his head, it's obviously from the little, the little masturbation doll that he's got, which is weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chugging so over with, a wood carved wooden figurine. Was Willem Dafoe actually again a sea monster thing up in the light? Or was that also all his head? So was everything in his head, you think it was just a, it was all about him going mental and Willem Dafoe was and nothing weird was going on? Or do you think him, killing, think him killing that seagull cursed him and, and then all the mental shit was real? I think it was all in his head. I think it was the deterioration of his mental state over that time. Well, I'm the four what does a few good fucking sort of stay there for the rest of these days. Just send keep sending a new fucking bitch every nine months and he'd be happy. <laughs> was well well before killing the people? Like they the folk were ended up talking themselves because he was driving them that mental. Or they were going insane, being stuck there with him for mm-hmm. a period of time. Yeah. I mean, I think that I think it's to me it was quite clear that Patterson's fabricating a lot of this in his mind um, because he is going a bit mental and mm-hmm. stuff crazy, and he's making stories, isn't he? Like um, putting the heat off it to a fucking mermaid doll, and then fasc- fascinating about seeing one. Um, is to me uh, those those bits where like I just kind of like all right it's part of the film I wasn't really paying that much attention to it. I I was more wanting to see the interaction between the two throughout it but um, the scene where he smashes his shit out of that seagull was qu- that was quality that was quality I was amazed by that I don't know why I was captivated I was like wait stop like. I was- <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. Is like I was fascinated with how long he just—he had a built-up frustration. He was told he wasn't allowed to do this. He was told it was like a curse, etc. And then you got Defoe chipping away at him constantly and constantly and constantly, and then he just fucking loses it, man. I like what? What could you even compare this to? And I like a the end, like a a. a, a this time period sort of thing, like how how much could you get in a comparison to how they were feeling? Would lockdown be something like that where people are stuck in a house together for weeks and weeks and weeks and months and months upon end and you start to go a little bit fucking daft, don't you? Uh, I think if lockdown included like going outside in the most horrific weather you've ever seen Mm -hmm. every single day to do... Uh, You've got to remember the lockdown... We had access to online pornography, not carved wooden dolls. <laughs> and, but I can't, I actually, I would go mentally in that scenario. See being stuck somewhere with like no stimulation, just fucking monotonous sight. And then the fear that knowing you cannot go anywhere, that would overtake me, man. Like I would be, I had no chance could I fucking do that. And the scene where? Yeah, you know, the old thing. And like in history, I must have actually been, folk must have had to do that. Yeah, absolutely. There's people that the stops on like the way to the North Pole for people who go to the North Pole. There's always got to be at least one person there. So folks that go like six months don't see a single person, just like middle of the snow, mental. Fuck that. Just say, uh, just to come back to some scenes in the movie, the the one bit that had me feeling so much sympathy for Patterson's character was when he was carrying the two buckets of shite. And he's carrying them, and the weather's horrific. And he's got he's got a place where he needs to get rid of them, and he just throws them at that point when the wind slightly changes, and 
you just hear the screams and it's exactly how you would react like you would fucking if you've just flung two buckets of shite in there and they've just flew right back into your face that uh, blows my mind on how you would feel on that but I think we should bring in Sean for some of his thoughts at this point because um, I don't think he's going to be in agreement with us Daniel uh, no I didn't like it to the surprise of nobody probably uh, I didn't really understand what was going on I'm, I'm very similar to Burnsy in this regard I've wrote down kind of seven wee points uh, the first thing like they were just obviously there's the repetitive of them sitting down at the wee table and eating or drinking and then obviously just the next scene we would be them just working uh, around shifting barrels or whatever it is like they were sitting just screaming what at each other at the table and I was just sitting looking at this and I was like what the fuck is that this is just so stupid like that was pretty early on that was in like the first 20 minutes or something if I, if I remember rightly uh, the masturbation scene is just fucking vile like I'm, I'm pretty sure that, that that's a first for us having to sit through a, master, a male masturbation or any masturbation scene <laughs> Do you know what's interesting there, Sean? Is it's a first for us watching it, but it's a third movie that Rob Patterson's been masturbating in. There you go. It's a bit of trivia. Hunter may have in his list, but it's a third movie. No, I don't movie. have any So that's just telling you that Rob Patterson's been typecast as a wanker. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Uh, I thought Willem Dafoe's character uh, would slot perfectly into Pirates of the Caribbean. Because I didn't understand a word that he could that he was saying at any point. Uh, his endless fucking speeches was like poetry or whatever it was was just really really boring. Uh, I just it bored me to tears. I actually watched this in one go because I thought I can't even come back to this because I won't come back to it. So I had to just sit and watch it. But I found myself getting distracted by my white walls uh, in my living room. <laughs> Which was quite a quite a plus. Uh, it does actually make me want to go and watch the lighthouse scenes with you and the fat. Uh, <laughs> those three minute clips are a million times more enjoyable than a hundred and nineteen minutes or whatever it was uh, of this shit. And just to round it off, as I said in the chat, it did just feel like a complete waste of my time watching this. It wasn't even full screen. It was black and white. Could hardly make out what was going on because I watched it during the day. So obviously with the daylight shining on the telly, uh, it's quite difficult. So and I wasn't getting up to to shut my curtains or anything because it didn't deserve it. So <laughs> uh, genuinely the worst film I've ever seen, and I never ever want to watch or talk about it ever again. So uh, uh, you're pretty sure you know what I'm going to score this piece of shit. Worst worst film you've ever seen by a fucking million miles. And that's including things like Zulu Dawn. Yep. Yeah. You've declared a million, that. A million times worse than anything I've ever What about the French Dispatch? A million times worse. At least it was in colour. I would go and pay £15 at the cinema to watch the French Dispatch ahead of that. Genuinely just garbage. Utter fucking garbage. It's, uh, and there's people voted for this. Fuck I think that was one of them, actually. <laughs> <laughs> This is uh, this is very popular, so this is this will get some interesting comments when we stick out these zeros that are consent oh. coming. Do you know what they do with their comments? They can shove them up the fucking arse. 
Instagram. Even when, even when I mean your mining your scores comment, I don't actually even feel the. I can't actually get the effort to even argue with MD about what I'll score this because it doesn't no, deserve an argument. I like, normally, I, I would be kind of like, I would like kind of say, oh, I'll defend my score. I don't care. I, I generally <laughs> see if some wee fucking. FIFA trading gimp wants to come and comment on my my, my zero. It's, it's a zero, guys. Believe it or not, right? But if he wants to come and fucking dig me out for giving a, a black and white four by three film a zero, he can go and fuck himself. It's twenty twenty two. Fuck sake, have a, it should be it should at least be fucking widescreen. <laughs> black and white, fine. I understand it adds certain dimensions to the film and it's different. There is no excuse for not not having it in, in widescreen. There's just no excuse. I, I felt like they were trying to add to the claustrophobic feel of the movie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Try to draw you in as much as possible. Also, mm-hmm. one thing that I feel really benefited me is I watch everything with subtitles on. And I think if I didn't have them on, Willem Dafoe would also have made no sense to me. But, I had uh, it in subtitles as well, but I didn't, no, no. I didn't add anything to it. I, if anything, it doubled my pain having to read the script while I was watching the film. <laughs> I deliberately left Hunter out there to, to come in now thinking he's going to be bringing it back round for us, Daniel, but Hunter, keep going. No, I kind of, I am in the same camp as uh, Bumsy and Sean, this was fucking horrendous. <laughs> like, I, I was not scared to talk to him about Bumsy, like, I know I joked in the chat the other night, like, I'd rather watch the, this over the manual Liverpool game again, but I, I reversed that comment. I'd rather watch that like, 90 minutes on Tuesday night on loop <laughs> than watch this again. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, see, for the moment, I, it turned on and it was just that still, and I'm there. Like, it was the standing outside the lighthouse that they were getting their photograph taken, which was the same promo shot that was on. I was like, I'm going to fucking hate this. I could just tell it was absolutely shite for the one go. And I'm like, no, that's just worth it for me. Like, I do appreciate some of the stuff that you have said that kind of maybe gave me an understanding of the plot, maybe things, why things were done in the film, but no, it was just, to me, it was, if someone said, oh, here's the French dispatch, but let's make it worse, and that's what, so, let's try to make it worse and scary at the same time, and that's what, I just, it just, that was, it was absolutely shite, and it's just not for me at all. Well, we're getting some short, snappy responses on the movie from the people that disliked it, Daniel. Uh, I mean, I, I, this is exactly what I thought would happen. It's definitely a fucking marmite film. Like, I'm, I'm not in one of those camps. I think a lot. This is what a lot of the types of people that follow us on Instagram. No offense if you're one of those following us, please. Um, like to give stuff like this five stars and say it's like groundbreaking and amazing. Mm-hmm. I get what I'm trying to do. It's definitely not a conventional horror movie, which is where I feel like. What category do you put it in, though? What what really is it? I suppose it's. You don't put it in any category, so we're to watch that. You don't you don't put it in any category, so we don't have to spend. Do you know where this belongs? And I think I've said this about a film before, but see when you go to Matalan, right? You go to buy clothes and that. When you're at the checkouts, they've got a DVD bargain fucking bucket right. next to the checkout. This is where this belongs. Never to be picked <laughs> up by anybody because nobody buys DVDs from Matalan. So this belongs in there. It's just rot for, for fucking eternity. For me, it would be in one of the time, 
Remember these time capsules you done at primary school? Like, oh, we'll dig this up in whatever year we do no longer give it to school. And one of them, in the good, like, the fucking Willem Dafoe's character is never to be seen again. That's what this film should be. Uh, I just want to make it clear uh, before we move on that I would never buy anything from Matt Alan. Hey, listen, the designer Matt Allen is a good designer. Mm-hmm. I've just uh, I've just jumped on to Rotten Tomatoes, guys, just to get a wee idea of what that is in there, because you normally get good contrast in here as well. So it's got a 90% fresh uh, from the critics and sure. 70, 72% from the audience, uh, which comes in line a bit with IMDb. IMDb's got this up in the sevens. Um, 7.4 out of 10 for this is. But there was just a, a couple of little... Um, Critic responses on uh, Rotten Tomatoes about what they're saying for this. So once put, the lighthouse may be challenging, it may even be off-putting, but it's gutsy, accomplished, and the kind of movie that sears into your memory. So uh, you see won't... if you wanted to create like a piece of art, just fucking paint a picture. <laughs> There's no need for for this. Like genuinely, this all it's an artsy, fartsy thing. It's just someday. Who's I hate saying it, but like if you just feel pure made for critics and all that, uh, I really uh, hate this film. I really hate it. Just draw a picture next time, pal. Save us all the fucking effort having to sit through it. Mm. At least make it the colour in though, but they want the black and white push. Uh, <laughs> uh, I do feel like this is something that I would imagine you would buy tickets to go and sit at a theatre and watch. Not like a cinema, but like, I don't know. If it was more like something like that, like Sean says, it is more of like an art say thing than like uh it's not a conventional movie is it no it's not different um and it's going to be for you're not and i expected both to hate this but worst ever comics uh is funny worst ever so funny well the 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 london evening standard has got it the lighthouse is a pressure cooker and a stone cold masterpiece oh that's some top eh? Top uh, sourcing there from the London Evening Standard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think uh, we should come to Hunter for some uh, thoughtful trivia on the lighthouse. Right. So, funnily enough, I did say there would be no chugging related trivia, but there is one here. I'll keep it for the end, though. Um, so, first of all, um, Willem Dafoe learned how to knit for his role. Um, when asked to describe the film, the writer and director Rob Eggers says, has said in every interview, nothing good can happen when two men are trapped in a giant phallus, and he wasn't fucking wrong. <laughs> a giant phallus? <laughs> <laughs> well, especially if one guy's going to be farting the whole time. Uh, um, no seagulls were harmed in the making of this movie, thankfully. Um, so the scene where Patterson gets shit on his face was apparently inspired from The Big Lebowski. And as I said, he was your one note of a uh, chugging related trivia so the mermaid carving that uh, Patterson has a tug over was actually auctioned to help our food bank in New York City during the pandemic it sold for over $110,000 I mean that's a lovely cause but who the fuck's buying that and okay. <laughs> I'd imagine the semen stains were still on it so maybe that's why it went for so much it's not even that. Like, imagine having your pals in for dinner and say, "Oh, <laughs> I'll look at this, this amazing bit of film memorabilia I've got," and they bring out this ornament, and then they're be part of what's that? This is the very ornament that Robert Pattinson had a wank over. <laughs> it's a talking point. <laughs> but imagine that. Like, oh, I don't think I've seen the film. Or then he makes them fucking sit and endure it for doing fucking oh. minutes, totally killing the vibe. <laughs> the funny thing about the masturbation scene was like there was one early on. And I was thinking, oh, it's an artsy film. 
they've got him wanking for a wee bit. But then later on, there's like a two and a half minute long masturbation scene with him like fantasizing about, he's trying really hard to think about the fucking mermaid and shagging the mermaid, but he keeps flashing back to killing a guy with a log. Weird movie, like, I like weird movies. Did they, <laughs> to come back at the movie for a second, did any of you think they were going to have a full homosexual relationship? Oh, aye, they were def- they definitely yeah. banged, like, they definitely banged. Because <laughs> yeah. you have the bit, the bit where they, like, the, they, 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 they did the Martin McFly and his mum bit where they, like, leaned in for a kiss. I mean, you know they the Cotter Eye Joe dance with somebody after four bottles of gin and no bagging them at the end of the night? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remember that, Hunter, next time we're on a night <laughs> If I see your ear, I'm coming up towards me. I'm going to take it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I genuinely thought the, the movie was going to go right down that way, like into a full, like, a, a thing between them before the, 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 the then becomes a, a murderer, which is just assumed the way it was going with it being in the horror section. Cool. Oh, I can sense the feeling, guys, that you really want to move on from this movie. Um, so let's uh, let's get some scores on the doors. We will just come to our zeros first of all. Sean, is that a zero? Yep. Bunsy? Unless I can go lower, then yeah. And then I'm going to hold it a little bit. I hope that it's going to be over a zero. We'll come to Hunter. That's a generous zero for me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, I'm going to shoot and say I enjoyed it. I'm going to give it a 3.5. Holy shit. <laughs> I am actually also going to give it a 3.5. <laughs> this might be the biggest contest we've ever had. <laughs> Look at the rage of Bundesliga. That's mental. You think of that. that I, would... I cannot believe that this is going to, this is coming at a 1.4. That is stinking. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Hunter, what were you saying there? No, I, feel, I, I just I'm totally imagined we removed the R three zeros. I was like, have you given that? I, I did the three point five. I didn't get a divide by two. It's three point five. <laughs> I thought this was coming at three point five. I totally forgot it was zeros. <laughs> well, I just gonna so the movie comes in at one hundred and ten on our list. Um, it joins on a 1.4, The Ballad of Buster Skuggs. Um, it is above uh, a, another horror movie, uh, which I can't pronounce. It's Hereditary, isn't it, Daniel? <laughs> uh, it's, uh, Hunter, you can let Laura know it's above Point Break. I would actually oh. watch Point Break. That's very harsh on Point Break, in my opinion. <laughs> Uh, and above some other classic movies that we've watched like National Treasure, Fear and Loathing, etc. Um, just to give you an insight, guys, we've got 121 movies currently on the list. Um, and like I said, this is going to come in at 110. So plenty of movies down below it, guys, that uh, these have scored uh, higher than zeros. But we have that. It's just you two idiots at home. <laughs> <laughs> Can you feel the sieve in this one? <laughs> <laughs> no, make point on Instagram to the people that comment that that's the whole point. We all like different stuff. That's yeah. all right. Hey, John. Sorry, I've just been handed up cheeseburger. Oh. <laughs> 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 
Or is it? Is Yuri Brower we call it a a, a, burg, a hamburger Sorry. with cheese? <laughs> oh, it's yeah, but I like, uh, everybody likes different stuff. Uh, that's what makes the world go round. Mm-hmm. Sean likes cheeseburgers. Pozza likes hamburgers with cheese. <laughs> we could go, we could go down the whole McDonald's cheeseburger and steak conversation again. <laughs> nah, <laughs> let's leave that for the archives. Uh, let's move on to the shining. Um, the absolute masterpiece that is The Shining. Um, out in 1980, a two-hour and 26-minute-long movie um, in IMDb's at 61 on IMDb's top list. Um, a family heads to an isolated hotel for the winter where a sinister presence influences the father into violence, while his psychic son sees horrific forebodings from both past and future. Uh, like we said, starring Jack Nicholson and everybody's favourite, Shelley Duvall. <laughs> Bonnie, we're going to come to you first again. Uh, can can I just ask before he starts, why was it not two and a half hours long when I watched it? What? It wasn't two and a half hours long. It was two for me. But it says two I hours. asked what that day. Like, mine's two and a half hours. The one version I watched after the finished early. Uh, it was only two hours long. Well, what we'll do is we'll find the extra 30 minutes for you, Sean, um, at some point, and you can watch that as well. I don't well, know if it's doing I think when I was reading something, it did say something about how the European or UK version was different to the American one, so I don't know if it's something to do with that. But I didn't read the differences, so I can't help you. But it might be something to do with how there's a different kind of... <clears throat> There's a couple of different versions, but we've all watched the same one. So. I don't know if it's maybe against. I've no regret doing this with trivia, but I did read when I was doing my research that from the original uh, first release, um, I think after a week there was a scene cut after that. First. So I don't know if everything's maybe I get off against that. So it could be all that. All be that natural finishing time done. Well, it was. Uh, thankfully, we all watched the same one. So let's get Burnsy's thoughts on that. Bye. Uh, so- before, by the way, first time viewing. Mm-hmm. First time viewing, Bonzi. Yeah. Cool. Um, I was quite lucky that this was actually far superior to the first film that we had to watch because, as I say, I think I would have just told you I was giving up for a wee while if it wasn't <laughs> as bad as that. Um, I didn't find it particularly scary. Um, like, I was expecting to go in and it, because obviously it was under the horror category to be. Um, we had the points of it, but I think it was more <clears throat> the they did a really good job of building up tension through the the music was quite constant throughout it. So although you did that impacted you, it never really came to much. I didn't think for me. Um, I thought Jack Nicholson was terrific, and although Shelley Duvall's character didn't she didn't say that much. I didn't think when she was on screen. But it was more her reactions were really believable. I thought her character was really good as well. The beginning of the film, even though like the manager says that the previous caretaker killed his family, it was weird how it just came across to everyone quite normal, that there was still nothing going on with the hotel. It wasn't as if um, Jack or the manager really thought much of it. It was just, it was just, a, just a random thing that happened and not, not to care. To who it's about it. I think um, the film 
illustrated Jack's change in behaviour quite well um, because sometimes you might you could watch a film and then the character just changes instantly and it doesn't really lend itself to the story. But you sort of saw, you showed his mind changing as the film progressed. I think the film where Jack in the room with a female ghost, I don't know about you, but I, I don't know, if, was that meant to be scary? Or like, I just found it that bad that it was actually funny. Well, you were in your chariot at that point. Getting so off with the but it was just and that, just... no, when he turns around and you see a self this old woman, I thought, was that ridiculous? It didn't really scare me or that. It was more just I was thinking, this is just over the top. I mean, but it might seem that way now, but uh, in 1980, in a cinema, that might have been scary, obviously, when the surrounding, with the music changing and everything, around about that as well, it might have been, but you're right now, mm-hmm. it hasn't aged to the same effect, maybe. Yeah, I was just interested but, when I was going um, through to see what your thoughts on that was. Without sounding too much like a wanker, that's that scene is supposed to symbolise the hotel luring him in. So, like being a young, attractive woman, like tempt him right. in as it's overtakes him, and then it reveals itself for what it actually is, which is like a corpse. Mm-hmm. I think it was more that I was I wasn't finding like it was weird. I wasn't finding it really disgusting. I was just thinking, oh my god! I was actually laughing. I was like, this is this over that over the top and that random disgusting and more than anything else but um by the ghost becoming more frequent throughout um i thought was was good as well and then obviously i'm trying to uh, possess jack etc the other thing i found a bit rand a bit silly was is that when his wife has got the bat at the stairs and just swinging it Side to side. I don't know why I'm doing signals when I'm just going to my podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> she was swinging it, but she wasn't getting anywhere near him. It's like if you're wanting to hit him, then go and maybe actually make an attempt to try and whack him over the head with until obviously he sort of stumbles and then she manages to. But, but do you think do you think she's trying to hit him or she's just trying to keep him away from her? But she was that the way I'm impression I was getting with how she was looking. She was she was shitting herself. So hmm. if you're that if you're that worried, you wouldn't be. You'd be thinking, oh, if I keep him five yards away from me, everyone will be all right. You'd be thinking, I need to actually do something to, to stop, that, I mean, stop him. I think that's a very good hindsight way of thinking for it. Like, the, the, in that scenario, her 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 fight or flight's kicking in, and she wants to fly. She wants to protect herself and not have some hurt her. So she's creating a barrier between her and him. That's, mm-hmm. I just took, I, I mean, I know it looks ridiculous and, you, and it's easy to sit and say I'd do this, I'd do that, I'd do that and I just think she's just created a scenario where she can keep him at an arm's length from her and he can't harm her if she keeps doing the swinging motion that, yeah. you, were sh- that you were so kindly showing us on a podcast I'd <laughs> <laughs> also add like I don't think her character is particularly physically capable, I mean like mm-hmm. the, uh, yeah. the type of, we all know people like that, um, that if you gave them any sort of sporting equipment, they wouldn't know how to hold it. That's what she looks like. She looks like she's never had the swing of stick in her life. Um, I think that... I mean, instinctively managed to get swing, yeah. but... Um, I'd also thought... Um, I'm actually saying as if I didn't enjoy this with the thing we're coming out of, but... Um, <laughs> when... Ha- I think it's Halloran, the guy's name is, comes mm-hmm. back to sort of rescue them. He's obviously really worried at what's going on. He, he has an idea of what's happening at the hotel. But he comes in unarmed. Yengu would have something with him to protect himself. He just comes in. <laughs> He's obviously mm-hmm. thinking that something's, something's really bad's happened to this family. So he just thinks, I'll just stroll in. I'll sort of things out, which was a bit 
bizarre. But um, not that he would have been able to do much when he obviously gets killed quite instantly. Um, and I thought the <laughs> the hedge the maze maze was quite good an ending with it. Um, you kind of had an idea of how obviously as I said it's the first time for me to watch. You kind of had I can't, you kind of knew what was going to happen. I thought because they'd obviously been down that route before with his mother and the wee boy that they did get lost and all that kind of stuff. So you kind of knew he would he would have some that was where it was going to lead to. He was going to escape, etc. But it was it was probably well thought out in terms of referring back to something that happened earlier in the film. Um, but overall, I thought it was I thought it was a it wasn't what I expected because it, I don't know what category you put it under. It's obviously just a sort of light horror, if you if that makes sense. There wasn't really any massively scary points for that for me at all. But as a film in general, I did I did think it was um, pretty good. Fair play. Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty good. I mean, I, I, I'm all over this film. And it's funny, I'm trying to think of the scenes that are missed on there and what's been cut out, because I remember the ending being a much longer going through the maze, and there's a lot more things that jump in and out throughout that that we can maybe watch another time or an extended version, which I'll not go into. Um, this is absolutely amazing, this film. Um, Jack Nicholson is absolutely brilliant and you like you proper believe his descendant in madness the whole way through it um for me the wee boy is absolutely terrifying mm-hmm. the wee boy just scares the utter shit out of me so i i purposely watched this in the morning because i knew it's funny when you go back to watch a film that scares you shitless that you're, you're going to watch it again like you choose to watch it during the day um i knew that the music is plays such a big part. The music's like a character mm-hmm. in this film. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like it proper draws you in. And what gets me more in horror films is that tension getting built of something might happen. Then um, taking the scenes where the we Danny is just constantly saying red drum when his mum's lying in bed and he's got a knife in his hand. Like, like try to think of the, the like being in again in that scenario. Like I've had scenarios where Poppy sleepwalks quite a lot. So she used to come into the room and I've been lying sleeping, arm hanging out the bed and she just grabs it because she's sleepwalking. She's came into my room and it's like three in the morning and she's just fucking stone cold hands has grabbed me. Absolutely <laughs> shit myself. <laughs> but we've had times as well where we had, uh, scenarios here, creepy kids. Um, we had an art, an art scenario where Caden had came into her room really, really late. I want to say again, two, three, four in the morning, he was feeling unwell. But what he'd done is he creeped really quietly and really like not wanting to wake anybody up, leaned right into Sarah's face while she's sleeping and whispered to her that he was feeling sick. <laughs> <laughs> so you can imagine she's fucking screamed. I've fucking, I've jumped up screaming and then he's screaming because this whole scenario's here. So it is to me. It's a proper creepy thing to happen when he's wrote red drum, and he gets louder and louder and louder and louder. It's obviously something's taking over his body. But there's so many things where the facial expressions a little Danny when he's going through his wee episodes, mm-hmm. where he's he's seeing the twins and he's like knowing something's going to happen. He, for me, it's like one of those like goosebumps moments. The hairs are standing up on me because it's scary. Because um, you just th- these are all supernatural things that. You either believe in or you don't, but 
thinking of putting yourself into that scenario and seeing or feeling that, it'd be really hard to explain. Sorry, I'm rambling on there. I'm going to bring Daniel in for his thoughts. Um, you used the word earlier on when you sort of introduced this. Uh, this, is, this is a masterpiece. Like This is the defining movie in this genre for me. Like, um, Goes for, this is I, I this is one of the greatest films ever made, and I absolutely love this movie. Um, there's just so many you can watch. I've I've seen this film about ten times, and there's still things. So I didn't notice right until about the sixth or seventh time I watched this. Right, that see within scenes, the the furniture changes within the hotel. So like within. The, the same space of time, a scene will cut from one to another and then back, and furniture's moved, but it's completely different. So, like, and Jack's typewriter changes. There's two different typewriters in this. And it, again, I didn't notice that until like one of the multiple times I've watched this. This movie's got so much in it to like, like Bond said, there was a few questions you had and stuff like that, and a few things like you're like, oh, like this and that. I bet you could go and watch this again. And have completely different questions and notice completely different things. No, um, I think I would. I think I would enjoy it if I watched it a second time. It's not one that I would say that you're not going to either. There's other stuff that I know I didn't pick up for watching it as well, so it does a good job of that, making you sort of think throughout it. I. I mean, I, I think this is probably the most analysed film that's ever been. Like, see if you Google this. There's so many like articles, conspiracy theories, like so much about how this was written, how much he changed for the book, how much Stephen King and him, Stephen King hates this film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. References for the book. But Stanley Kubrick's a genius and what he's done is stripped away, I mean, and he said himself, he loved the book. I mean, it's not that he didn't like the book, but mm-hmm. he stripped away all the stuff that stopped it from being a good film. And that's why it's amazing. So like, there's loads and loads of stuff. You, you get all the background story about Jack and like you find that you get loads of stuff about it before they get there and all that sort of stuff, but you don't need it. And that's what makes this such a good film. It leaves so much just open. So like, here's a family, they've gone to a hotel and look at this is the shit that's fucking happening. It's, I, I love everything about it. It's even just the opening scene. I actually went to, they did a special showing of this at the Glasgow Film Theatre. Um, I went to see it there. Amazing, man. Loved it. And see, even just that opening scene, we'll never get sick of that. Mm-hmm. Because Kyle made a point of the music sort of being a character in this. That opening scene is just a, some beautiful scenery and, like, amazing camera work. I mean, that's all it is, Paul, like, to a, a beautiful building. But the music over the top of it sort of lets you know early on, like, mm-hmm. this, this is a bad place. We're going somewhere bad. And mm-hmm. it... it there's like little things as well. Like I didn't notice until years later that like see when the famous scene like here's Johnny and he's breaking through the door. See when she screams, the music jumps as well. Like the screech comes with the music at the exact same time. So it makes it seem like a much makes it seem like a huge scream in your mind, like a terrifying thing. But people screamed a little bit. It's the music that's doing most of it. Um I still waiting every way. I could probably talk about this for ages, so well, just to jump in, you talked about that scene where the he, he hears Johnny obviously is the most famous scene that comes from mm-hmm. this movie and it's obviously in this world where everything's a, a parody and a meme and stuff you see, you've seen this a million times but 
picture being in 1980 in the in the flicks, mm-hmm. the, the yeah. talkies, the talkies at the time, and seeing this scene for the first time with the adrenaline that this movie's created in that environment where you're no distracted with your phones and being daylight and stuff like that. <clears throat> I just think it'd be absolutely terrifying. Oh, I love it so much. I love this film so much. Like the camera's always moving a little bit, which again everything this idea that the hotel's essentially fucking alive and it's like slowly possessing him. And like there's loads of stuff like you know, you very, very rarely see Jack Nicholson and Shelley DuPont on the same screen. Even when they're in dialogue with each other cut away or they'll be at opposite ends of a room. And it's like all designed to show him like isolating himself and going mental. I would say as well, it's probably the best child acting performance of all time. Mm-hmm. The wee guy's great. One of the, the two big key differences between this and the book is one, Danny's like wee pal Tony, that's his finger. Mm-hmm. And that's like an actual like being, like a like a physical sort of thing that he he goes about and goes on like adventures with him and he's dreams and all that sort of shit. That's like a whole fucking thing. So that would have made this movie shite. I mean, it's good mm-hmm. in the it's like, I mean, it makes the book good, but this movie would have lost all its sort of excitement and all the anticipation if you were going on these magical journeys with fucking stuff. Yeah. It leaves everything just ambiguous enough. Um, it doesn't give you any backstory to any of the characters. You just know that they're associated with that hotel and a negative way and bad stuff's happened. Do you know I mean? And I think a lot of movies make the mistake of they would have told you all about who, who the lady in the back was and how she died and somebody would have found something that was evidence of like, oh look at all these ancient murders that happened and figuring it out. That's what makes modern horror films shite and makes this amazing. It, it just it just I, don't know, I love it. I'll move on to Sean. <laughs> yeah, Sean, let's bring it to you. Uh, so this was my first time watching this as well uh, it's one of those films uh, and again I think I've said this about other films as well that I hadn't seen that you hear so much about and oh it's amazing it's brilliant it's a masterpiece all of that stuff uh, I thought it was utter shite fuck's sake <laughs> what a week you've had Sean <laughs> I'm only joking uh, but... <laughs> Honestly, I've sunk, sunk it in my chair raging. I, I really wish that, like, like, everybody's guilty of it. I've done it before as well with films and TV programmes about saying, you need to watch this, it's brilliant, it's brilliant. Just nobody should ever say that again about any film or TV programme because it's always, it, it just never meets the expectations of what you think it's going to be like. This was brilliant, but I was just expecting to be totally blown away. But it's just I don't quite reach that level because everybody's told me how fucking good it is, and that that's the only thing that that I wish is that I knew nothing about this. But even watching it, like you re- obviously from watching it for the first time, you realise like how how much you've really already seen certain bits yet, like the bit with the twins in the hallway, the uh, all work and no play makes makes Jack a dull boy. How many times have you seen that in TV programs? But maybe just slightly twisted mm-hmm. play the words. Mm-hmm. The first I think is. Bart Simpson and the, and the Simpsons doing his lines on the board that was written on that obviously you've got the here's Johnny scene in that so like, there's so much stuff that I've already seen for it that kind of like it does put like a bit of dampener on it uh, because I was really enjoying it and then you know, you know, you know what I mean you're coming across it's, 
more so the here's Johnny bit because seen that so many times without seeing the film. I've probably seen that about two hundred times that scene, but I just didn't know the context it was in. Uh, but no, like I did really really enjoy it. Uh, it absolutely flew in. As I said, like it, I was a bit surprised when Kelsey two and a half hours long there because when I checked the timer on it, because I was I was trying to time it around my day and all that when I was watching it. Uh, it was definitely two hours that we watched, so I've, I've no idea what the version is that we've watched. But uh, it absolutely flew in. Uh, Jack Nicholson, as has already been said, was absolutely brilliant. He did when like the camera was was like certain points in the film where he's just staring uh, and he's just motionless, and the camera's kind of zooming in on him, and it's got that music in the background that is really really creepy. But it just looks like a forty, like he's just no moving at all. There's no expression. It's just pure blank. I love that. Uh, I actually didn't like his wife. Like I, I didn't particularly, not the character, but I, I thought the actress was a bit wooden. If I'm honest, uh, I don't know what you think of that. I'm, but. I'm, I'm not a big fan of it at all. So like, this is why I kept making jokes at the start, saying mm-hmm. everybody's favourite, just because I just she's difficult to take too, because I feel like. Jack Nicholson nails the performance so well. Danny nails the performance so well. Mm-hmm. She's just that little bit too much in some bits, but it doesn't take away from the movie. I, I didn't really like her that like uh, uh, like the actress in terms of like oh, I sound like such a prick here. The performance that she gave, uh, I just I just found that because as I said, they, obviously they're like uh, the dad and son were absolutely brilliant, and I don't know. I just kind of feel like it was, she wasn't at that level. Uh, says the guy who works for an energy company sitting Monday to Friday sitting on his couch. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I would definitely go back and watch it again and there's probably so much stuff that I've missed uh, as Daniel's already said about the furniture changing in different scenes like obviously no son I've picked up on a, I doubt anybody would on their first watch anyway but uh, I think I've kind of won a watch with Horror Week obviously I don't like horror films but two films that for me, weren't really scary at all. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the kind of the scariest part, and like again, I watched this during the day as well. Uh, the scariest part was the bit where he was doing the red rum and he's writing, obviously mm-hmm. murdered backwards on the, on the on the door in the bedroom. That's more creepy and stuff like that. Uh, I found the 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 old woman who was the young woman he was was he kissing for the bathtub that really repulsed me. Like all oh, like like the the way that they've done her body and stuff like that. Like all oh, kind of scabby and rotting and like a corpse. That was kind of like uh, as I said, I was eating a burger there. Lodies came in for work and she got a McDonald's. So I was sitting eating a burger and then Kyle started talking about it and I, I could just taste like a pork taste in my mouth. Oh. <laughs> I was vile. Uh, I was just thinking back to that. I was, I was just bogging. Uh, but no, like I, I I did really enjoy it. It's no t- totally not what I thought it would be like. I didn't really know what I thought it would be like because I knew, uh, and I don't know how I knew, but I knew it wasn't like an out-and-out horror kind of scare the shit out you type film. I knew it was going to be more of a like a, a, a kind of slow burner kind of thriller, creepy film. Uh, so I like I, I didn't really know kind of what to expect when I was kind of going into it, but uh, no, like I did. I did really enjoy it. I, I, but again, it's as I've said before, and it was the same with Shawshank Redemption. It'll be the same with other th- with other films as well. I just wish that people hadn't tell me to watch it and watch it. It's brilliant. It's amazing because it, it for me, it just never ever reaches what I'm expecting of it. It's probably my own fault, but I just it really annoys me with like stuff like that. Like it's it's the same with like <laughs> uh, 
what's a, what's a TV programme that everybody's watched? Uh, right, Breaking Bad, obviously, I watched that as it was going anyway, but like if I said, yeah. like, I, and I've been guilty of that so many times, point more, like obviously, take care watch it, watch it, watch it, it's amazing, it's the best thing you'll ever watch, but like it's just, it's just already setting up for that person, it's never going to reach the expectations of that person, uh, so that is my only kind of negative, and it's not even the film's fault, it's more just uh, probably my own fault. And that's how uh, I feel about true, true Romance, it's been built up to me, it's been amazing, I've never seen it, so. You're, I, I still bet that you'll love it. We'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll I, see. Think I'd score, I think I'd score it as high as what I would at the start since we've watched all these movies. So I don't care I'll score it that high. Oh. Uh, it's never going to win a vote anyway. So. Uh, I watched two romance uh, uh, when lockdown first started. I decided this was way before we were doing all this and that was the first time I watched Goodfellas. It was actually in the FIFA chat. I don't know if you remember but I said I'm going to watch Goodfellas a day for the first time and was talking about it a bit in there. Uh, and then I watched True Romance the next day, and again, Dubs was like heavy, like brilliant, amazing masterpiece, and all that. It's the same kind of story with that. Like, I was like, it never got there for me because I'm just expecting too much. I maybe just need to stop mm. listening to people, or maybe just stop talking to people. <laughs> if you, uh, <laughs> I, think, I think we should just dial back a little bit and let's start, not tell people about the different chats that we've got because mm-hmm. we're, we, we come across as the gimpiest, geekiest people in the world ever. So when you start throwing in things like FIFA chats, people are going to start judging us a lot more. Who cares, but, man? Especially yeah, with 485 is. At one point, uh, I started a puzzles chat. Remember puzzles? <laughs> <laughs> Dubs has left the chat. <laughs> Obviously, all my chats that I start. Well, well, if you think back, though, guys, this the the movie chat was originally a book, a book chat. Why? Oh, well, I, and, I, and think about how difficult it is for me to get you guys to watch a film. Never mind read a book. <laughs> Fucking two films a week's a stretch for me. I, if it was a book chat, I wouldn't have lasted three seconds. to listen to the shining book. Audiobook as well as uh, watch the movie this week, but I never got through it. In time. <laughs> uh, I've I've got the I've got the book at the side of my bed, and I took it out of the drawer and stuck it in the bed just so I'd, I'd read it, and I've genuinely never looked at it. So it's probably been put back. Now, I don't know. I f- forgot all about it. <laughs> sorry, Hunter, we were digressing a little bit into our geeky That's chats. Fine. Yeah, sorry. Um, about the 30-odd chats that were in with the same eight people. <laughs> Just different variations and different numbers. That's it. Do you know what? It, it, to talk about it for a second, it is quite funny. See, when I describe to people that we've got different chats depending on a subject, they're like... Uh- why don't you all just chat in the same chat? I was like, because see, if people are not interested in that subject, you get your arse kicked in the chat yeah. for it. Oh, you're going to take it to the same subject chat. Uh, UFC chat is basically just me and Sean with like maybe a message a month for Hunter. But uh, me and Sean really just message each other, but we always go to the UFC chat. <laughs> no, I was struggling. You're doing a different chat as well, which annoys me. I'm like, Go and just start. I have no interest in UFC. Get lost. Me, Bugs, and Dave have got a golf chat. Holy <laughs> <laughs> have I? Listen, me, uh, me, Daniel, and Hunter, and Dave mm-hmm. have got a, a chat about comic books and comic book movies and yes. comic book shows. <laughs> Dave doesn't even fucking read comic books. Oh, oh he's all. He's in it now. Mm-hmm. He's in it. But I, le- I left. I, I did a. 
I look through all the group chats and I was like, I'm going to leave all the ones I don't really care about and I don't participate in. But see, many times I've messaged you, like, things about, like, I've found a chat that's got the less, the least amount of people in it, but used to in it, or used free in it, and I've flung it in there to talk, and then I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to get flung out of here. <laughs> I should just come back. Uh, anyway, Hunter, let's get your thoughts yeah. on the signing. Kind of need to just sort of echo what's been said. This for me is genius. Um, I, for me, I know I've kind of mentioned it before. I'm not big on my horrors, but it's so weird. You see, like, like we did Back to the Future last week. For me, like, late 70s, early 80s films and genres other than horror, I don't buy it. But I think between this sort of the early Halloween, just like we're in Elm Street, like, I think they were just ahead of their time and the curve and the fact that they've been try to be copied or mastered since and nothing has ever quite hit those heights since and I think this was probably the golden age of horror films for me um, from the small batch that I've watched and liked um, obviously I just touched on Jack Nicholson is crazy and it's crazy good sorry he is crazy he does, he does descent into crazy but that's what I mean his descent is, is so well portrayed and acted and he's just he's genius throughout um, I mean, I mean we, we touched on that already, but I mean, you, they mentioned not even has this been sort of copied, but this is this whole film is just so iconic. I mean, it's in pop culture and so many ways. You I mean you talk about the opening scene? Was that not this clip that was? Remember that uh, scary car thing that was on like it was on like folks' phone videos years ago. Oh, like, used to get the scary woman fuck. popped up. I mean, yeah. Th- yeah, that, and then then you've even got a. Uh, Bumsy sending in the gifts, say Jack Nicholson freezing in the snow at the end. Spoiler alert! I mean, <laughs> it's it's everywhere. I mean, obviously, like, right, and yeah. then obviously Sean touched on the Simpsons. Like, there was actually, I don't know if it's one of the horror the horror ones, but it's like uh, no TV and beer make Homer go something. It was like uh, oh, looking right. after this hotel. Right. I mean, it's just it's been done so much. I think that's. If anything, it's a plus point for the film because when it's something to be the copy, obviously they say imitation is the best form of flattery, and it's that's why it's been done so well. I mean, even touching on the scenes on this, you talk, you see that the whole at the start. So once you've got past the car scene, and then the once we Danny is he's speaking with little Tony, and he's like, God, oh, he's got his phone and he's got the job, and then it just starts flashing forward to scenes that are still to come in the film. So you start seeing the blood pushing out the elevator. And then you just see the get like I mean you get it for flash setting just the last he's at the end of the corridor and that's it. And then as it becomes as these scenes get closer, you maybe see them again, but it was maybe a wee bit longer and you get to see it. And I think I mean you look at the other shite that we watched this week and it's trying to do that with we random cut scenes like with the with the mermaid lion, like it's like the read that like it's taken away from the subject to give you like a one setting like Try to show you like um, like the mermaid cervix or whatever it was or inside whatever Robert Pattinson thought he was penetrating in his mind. It took yeah, I mean, I, like that added nothing to it, but to this, those little cutaway scenes and those little flash scenes, I think added so much more in the suspense. And you're like, well, what the fuck was that? What like, uh, no one has the uh, hindsight it added to me. It worked a lot better for this than it did with that. And I just as you, as you said, Kyle, too, the music is, you know, something's coming, and you're like, what is it? it just builds so well and it's not like it's not even even though it's I think it's probably been copied and pasted so many times you think it's just like it's what we would call standard horror music but I think because this was ahead of the curve at the time that's why it works so well on this it fits in more with the type of film and obviously the year it was obviously set and recorded and I think that's why it adds to it and even then as you said Daniel there's a lot of stuff to it there's a lot of clever stuff that I've not noticed 
I think this is only my second time watching it, so the stuff I've not noticed, I will go back and watch again. But even the end, when you're like, so it's, he's alive in the present day, and well, he was alive until he froze in the ice. But that that final scene where you've got that guy for the 1920s, fucking Fourth of July, and it's like, is that him? Does that get you thinking? As you're saying, the fact that it's then been conspiracy theory, and it's probably fucking Reddit threads as long as the day is long, like going on about different aspects of this film, I think that's why it is. So what's your guys' initial thoughts on that 1921 picture? Without going in, if, if, if you know what Stephen King said about it, old fire, but what's your initial thoughts? It's absolutely no surprise that I had no idea what the ending was meant to mean, so I was hoping that one of you would tell me. I was just going to say, I don't mm-hmm. think what Stephen King <clears throat> thinks matters here, because it's nothing to do with the book. Right, you could just like I'm oh, sorry, because I, I, I've just read this, so it might have been Stanley Kubrick that's that said it. Let me think. Uh, yeah, I think you're. I think you're the same as me. I think I read what not what Stephen King said. The actual director said. Which was Bunsy? Can't mind. <laughs> <laughs> that was a quote word for word from Stanley Kubrick. Actually, I just said he's like. I can't so remember Stan- what the ending was meant to symbolise. Stanley Kubrick said, the ballroom photograph at the very end suggests the reincarnation of Jack. Oh, that was it. <laughs> suggests. So Stanley uh-huh. Kubrick very up for it being open to. He's, he's left it really ambiguous because mm-hmm. one of the theories about it is each individual in that photograph is someone that Jack's killed. It's one of the theories, uh, which wasn't denied by Stanley Kubrick. Mm-hmm. Stanley Kubrick hasn't denied any theories. He loves it. There's so many different mm-hmm. ideas about um, it. Also inspires a lot of conspiracy <laughs> theories. Um, like that Stanley Kubrick, so Sean will, Sean will like this, uh, that Stanley Kubrick apparently directed the fake moon landing <laughs> and he leaves clues to it in this movie, particularly <laughs> in Danny, when he's cycling about on his tricycle, has got the spaceship when he's jumper. And folk have managed to take that and jump to her being about him saying something with the moon landing. So <laughs> I, I thought, is this week's little spin off chat, what's everyone's favourite conspiracy theories? Ooh. My favourite one is uh, sure. the. <laughs> what? I, said, I knew you would come in first. Uh, my favourite one is the oh fuck what's his name oh my mind's going completely blank the Beatle oh John Lennon no Paul McCartney Paul McCartney's dead that's one of my favourite ones and he was replaced and nobody's noticed apart from the conspiracy theorists remember they had that about the the Ultimate Warrior and the wrestling as well yeah there's loads like that where like something's Mm -hmm. like Eminem's got one as well but it's just Levine that was a big one People uh, get older. And the Tupac is really ordered the things the number seven related to his death like I, this as well. Did actually, he was alive. I did see a really interesting mm. one the other day about Elvis Presley and there's some uh, guy who's locked up in a mental institution in America just now who who says he's Elvis Presley and apparently they've done a DNA test and it came back as a match uh, for Elvis Presley. So they're basically saying that this guy is a loony. <laughs> Just called to say Elvis Presley, but the people are saying he's actually sane because he's Elvis Presley and he's been locked up. What a load of nonsense! What a load of nonsense! I like. Um, I believe it. 
No, you don't. What age would that was Presley be now? A hundred or something? <laughs> I don't know. What, I'll, I'll Google. I'll go far off at 80s, Elvis Presley, mental institution. There's a picture of the guy. He's an old man, obviously. Uh, but I, I just find conspiracy theories pure interest. And well, whether you believe them or not, different. I just like I like them. Well, I, I, I'm going to jump in with mine at the moment because I just watched this. I watched a movie yesterday, and the favourite conspiracy theory that I like to look into is 9/11. So I watched Zero Dark Thirty yesterday, um, and I also watched. Where bear with me? Why can't I remember what it is? Like the the Boston bombing, the the where Mark Wahlberg in it. Patriots Day. Patriots Day. Mm-hmm. Watch Patriots Day. So I I watch these two movies back to back. So obviously, Zero Dark Thirty is all about capturing Obama, and then in Patriots Obama. Day, Obama. Obama. <laughs> yeah. Well, why not? <laughs> Catch him instead. Uh, Catch him, Bin Laden. Um, OBL as they call him in the movie because I'm cool like that. But in the in the Patriots Day, the the two. Boston bombers are have uh, basically kidnapped a Chinese fella where they're t- stealing his car and, and taking him away. But they, they have the conversation with him around about 9-11 and tell him how it's a conspiracy. And I've watched hours upon hours of things on YouTube just because I find it really, really interesting. Um, far too much stuff on 9-11 for me to even oh, waste is. my time in. It's just, mm-hmm. you, could end, like, you could spend days and uh, there's just so much stuff. Like There's so many mm-hmm. different theories about is it Tower 7 or something like that? There's just so much fucking stuff. Is that the, is that the tower that's not spoke about? But uh, like, is it number, five, number 5 or something, was it? Like, so uh, far away from fire. the other ones as well. Uh, it was on fire and then they magically managed to uh, do a controlled... Uh, of course, on it the Stone Cold in the Classic. Space of two hours. Jet, jet, fuel doesn't steel, jet fuel doesn't melt steel beams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I find it funny. I just wanted to clarify my stance on these. I think they're all absolute bullshit, but I do have some favourites. Mm-hmm. I find them interesting, but complete nonsense. Yeah, but I like the completely over-the-top ones. Like, there's literally now thousands and thousands and thousands of people that think pigeons aren't real. Like, there's a conspiracy that pigeons are, like, robots that are listening <laughs> to you. I mean, uh, have you seen the one about Australia not being real? Loads of Americans... Uh, still exist. I could like, the flat air How could it be round there if it's air flat? What about uh, what about the Princess Diana's death? Because the Queen clearly murdered her. Oh, uh, that's, that's, that's up there. That's, 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 I mean, you think <laughs> even even all the scaremongering conspiracy theories that came out at the start of COVID and everything too, like five G. Oh, fucking five G. That was the problem. Getting, that was the people uh, were getting their immune micro, systems. Microchips in your vaccine and the whole uh, of the, the trying to control us. We're going to be a cashless society and everything. This is all. This is all the world. It was planted. The virus was planted, so that started to like fuck off, mate. Uh, that's <laughs> I can't buy it. Mate. Mate, I, actually, there's a boy who I was quite good pals with, uh, and. He's on my Twitter and he keeps liking. See what on Twitter sometimes if somebody you follow likes something and it'll pop up, and he keeps liking stuff about COVID and I'm like, like it's it's just fucking utter nonsense. That's one thing I'll never ever buy into. But that's a point. See when someone is in it, it's like oh, I feel like I've lost one. And you know what's quite funny? (laughs) Me and Sean about five years ago, maybe even six years ago. 
where Nakar's Ivan Home for SSE talking about 9-11 conspiracies, so, so do you mind this, Sean? Oh, that was a few times, so I don't know which one you're going to talk about well, here. One in particular, anyway. And um, I remember saying that the, how popular conspiracies were going to be are getting was going to like fuck up the world soon. And I think this is where we are now. Like, you see the whole COVID thing, like, there's just yeah. everyone now outwardly, there's no such thing as the fucking truth. And they're not even a bit. Conspiracy used to be a wee bit of fun. I mean, you mm-hmm. can make a documentary and you go, oh, maybe there was two Titanics. I watched that one once, it was stupid. But like, it should be a bit of fun, but now folk are actually applying it to their lives, man. Scary. Anyway, back to movies, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, a good, a good segue back in there. I think we're going to have to come to Hunter for some trivia, unless anybody wants to talk more about The Shining. Trivia is this? Trivia is. <laughs> trivia after Hunter. Yeah, so I Daniel, you might have more. So firstly, um, to get Nicholson in the correct agitated state, whilst recording, he was only fed cheese sandwiches for two weeks, which he apparently hates. That's my fucking. That's, that's my ideal diet. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> a, wee, a wee cheese piece. I'm at lunch every day when I would go to work. Still at um, lunch so... every day when I'm working for him. As he was from England, Stanley Kubrick did not understand the reference Here's Johnny, which was from the Tonight Show um, with Johnny Carson. So that scene was potentially meant to be cut from the film when you think of how iconic that is. And it never even made the final, almost didn't make the final cut. Um, So Stephen King tried to talk Kubrick out of hiring Jack Nicholson. His original candidates were John Voight or Michael Moriarty. Yeah, see, the character in the book is very different. Seeing the movie, he's oh. you can tell that he's pretty unhinged for the start. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But in the book, he is a, he's a very sympathetic character. He's made a few mistakes, like the thing where he hurt Danny's arm, that's the same, mm-hmm. but he also gets into a fight and loses his job, and like he's really desperate to be a screenwriter. And there's a lot of focus on him trying to like, write this play. Whereas in this movie, you just know that Jack's trying to like something and he's fucking right. men. There's no that much focus on it. But I, Jack Nicholson would probably not be able to play the type of character that he was in the book. But mm-hmm. I don't think Stanley Kubrick gave a fuck. <laughs> uh, so young Danny actually grew up to be a professor of biology at a college in Elizabethtown, Kentucky. So there's some positive news to take away. And for lastly, it's obviously the room it was 237. The words do not disturb have two letters, three letters, and then seven letters. Oh. Right, that is a wee... Somebody, somebody thought outside the box for that one. Or it was just pure coincidence. Uh, <laughs> 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 and a grand total of two deaths is my final one. Well, Daniel, you said you've got a little bit more to add to this. Uh, I just because like I, I always read things about this film. So like like I said, the interesting thing about like the move and the stuff about apparently mm-hmm. Stanley Kubrick was an absolute cunt to Shelley Duvall the whole way through this film. Like treated her like absolute shit um, to the point that like there was there was a thing being made about it that she was like really unhappy and all this sort of stuff. And it was so that he wanted her to be miserable and like come across like fucking dejected and all that sort of stuff. Um, and there was also a thing, Stanley Kubrick apparently like reads loads and loads and loads of books. And I, I, there was an interview with him and it was, um, he decides just books at random. So he just picks random books. And apparently 
was the receptionist told the story about how the shining came about was that he would read the first three or four pages of a book if he didn't like it, just chuck it out of the book for days and then she said for the first time he went for about half an hour without anything happening so that's mm-hmm. the Hell, you're so noisy with that chair, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't hear a word. You know, all I heard was Kyle screaming about his room. Do mm. I tell? What I tell you what I was doing. I was, I was uh, picking up a dog shit. So you can excuse me for that. <laughs> you can appear on mute. To be honest, I wanted you to get the shit out of the room. To be honest, I didn't really. <laughs> Kyle, where did you put it? Because you never really looked like you left the room. I did. I went downstairs and out the back and put it into the bin. I'm knackered. I never saw him leaving the room either. Me neither. It's in my pocket. It's literally somewhere in that room still. I can assure you it's not. Right, show us. Show us the room. He's a sweet. I've even even cleaned it with the carpet stain remover thing that I've got here. Maurice has now explained to the listeners at home that he's now giving us a tour of the room and there's a shite there. There's a big big pile of shit in the corner. (laughs) Listen, uh, after the, after we're finished recording this, I need to get my rug doctor on because we have to clean the carpets. Well, anyway, uh, sorry, Daniel. Yeah, back to you. Back I'm to so sure we eventually get one. That would have been a good segue in here. A carpet cleaner sponsor. That's what mm, we need. Like, fucking George, yeah. we need to get on to these sponsors. We're on a thousand downloads now, guys. We surely mm. are getting the big time. I'm expecting I know, blue, blue, rug doctor, if you're listening. Blue, blue text. To throw a little bit to see myself, because I did have a look to see what else Danny had uh, starred in. And the next film that it says that he was in was Doctor Sleep out in 2019, which I had no idea was the years following the events of The Shining. Ah, it's a sequel to the book. I did not know this. And now adult Dan Torrance must protect a young girl with similar powers from a cult known as the True Knot who prey on children with powers to remain immortal. So I'm going to watch that. It's what's his name? Ewan McGregor, is that? Oh, I didn't mind that now, I. Good, I've yeah. got the book uh, to do that. Once I've finished the shine, I'm going to listen to Dr. Sleep. Hmm. Well, I, I'm going to put it on the, the watch list for me because Danny makes a cameo appearance in it as well. I'm hoping it might come up for now because we've got a habit now that we can start putting sequels on. We're at that mm-hmm. stage now, so we did it with Back to the Future 2. Uh, we could maybe do it with that on here. Well... Thank you for the trivia on there. Let's get some scores on this. Um, let's start off with yourself, Daniel. Uh, this is a Stone Cold Five, one of the best movies ever made. Love it. And I'm just going to do times two to that and make it a five also. Sean? Uh, try to think of what films I've given a five to before. I gave Moneyball a five. I, I can't give this a five because it's been put on a pedestal. I'm going to give it a 4.75. 4.75 from Sean Hunter. Uh, 4.75 for me to deserve more than a 4.5, but not quite five star. Not quite. Burnsy? Hey, I'm bringing it down, so I'm only going to give it a four. Scumbag. <laughs> see if I'd seen this without knowing anything about it, I, I, I would have got a five. But see, because just the wee clips and bits, and oh, it's amazing, it's amazing. It's never going to love up. That is the thing. In pop culture, you, 
everybody's seen mm-hmm. a good half hour's worth of this movie already. Even just it's just out there, isn't it? You see it used so much, it's been copied so much. Yeah, absolutely. Bonzo, what does that bring us to for this movie? Overall, that's a four point seven. A four point seven, which takes this movie to second on Holy our fuck. leading board. This uh, dislodges Parasite, uh, which is a four point six five. Goodfellas just beating it on four point seven nine. Wow, Bonzo, you you you're forced to stop this being the new number one movie. Mm-hmm. I'm quite glad. I was, I was, I was before I came on, I was going to give it a 3.75. And then after hearing the comments, actually, there was a few things that I missed from my original review. So it boosted it up a wee bit, but it's definitely not the number one. No, I'm thinking of a parasite here. Good fellas, I'm happy still with that in the top. What a contrast in movies this week, guys. 111 mm-hmm. for The Lighthouse and number two on a leaderboard for The Shining. All right, let's hope that'll show some people that we do actually like some stuff out there because we'll get accused of or you guys just shit on everything. No, we don't. Do you know what it is? And these people interact and they comment and tell us how much how upset they are, right? But see, if they're really upset, please go and listen. Uh, and thanks to those that have listened to this to understand the thoughts behind why we give the scores what we give them. But speaking of giving scores to shit films, Sean, what movies have you picked for next week? <laughs> Uh, Back to the Future 2 and I can't even remember the name of the film but it's about a chef Boiling, uh, boiling Point was it? Boiling Point, aye, Boiling Point It's about a night service in a restaurant so I don't know how that's going to play out as a film but we'll see <laughs> I, would say, I was very surprised that you picked that, Sean because I feel like that's the type of thing that I would pick I'm really excited to watch it Stephen Graham, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I like Stephen Graham and I just kind of intrigues me as to how they're going to I, I just can't imagine it being a film it just sounds, I don't know, so I just kind of want to watch it and I think it's one that Laurie will watch with me too, she doesn't really watch much of the stuff that we watch, like when I told her we were watching Lighthouse, she lo- looked at the screen for 30 seconds and then just walked out the room, never really said anything when I was watching it it was quite funny because I said to Sarah about sitting down to watch it and I was like, oh yeah, it's a, a horror movie with William Defoe and Rob Patterson, it's just the two of them, so it should be really good for character building. And then I said the words, it's in black and white, and then we didn't watch it. Yes. Happy days. So Back to the Future 2, unfortunately, and Boiling Point, which I'm really, really intrigued by. Let's get the wheel spun uh, to see what we're going to get for next week for the movie spot. So it'd be good to have some movies that are actually going to come up on there. We can get some talking to in Instagram. Oh, oh. Which we're not going to get because Bunsy's going to pick his <laughs> specific two movies that he wants to watch. Uh, so, yeah. Bunsy, any initial thoughts, any movies you've been thinking of that you would like to have? Uh, there's a couple, but I'll keep it to myself for just now, Mullet Ofa. Or the suspense. Uh, one, um, one, I think you'll just hate me for picking it, and one, I think you'll be quite intrigued about the way my thought is at the moment. I think oh. I know what one of your films is going to be. What's that? Goal, because it's recently just came on, on the Amazon. No, I, no. I was going to pick Goal. <laughs> <laughs> what a film. What a film. Yeah. 
Okay, guys. Well, that does bring us to the end of the uh, recording tonight. Um, like we said, the lighthouse 111 on our list, and a new number two has now hit us with the shining. Sean's picks for next week, um, and then we're gonna have Bunsies for the week after that. It's weird how it's just shooting through our names for for picking. Um, hopefully it's me next, and then we can get some uh, Mega Shark versus crocodiles. Uh, oh, and your leave is getting lodged in. Cannot wait to fucking shaft you with that. <laughs> Guys, that's all from us tonight. Thank you very, very much for listening. Uh, please pop over to our Instagram, interact with the Instagram page. You'll get to speak to Daniel directly, uh, as I've literally muted you all. So it's all about Daniel. Um, but again, thank you very much. And I bid you morons farewell. See you. moron as well as you, but let me try. What the hell is supposed to do, you moron? It's a moron. That's not against the law. God, you fucking moron. I stop like Batman. Because he is Batman, you moron. What are you, a fucking moron? Ah! You moron. Drop dead. Moron. Up here, you morons. Stepping morons like yourself. Be down, you moron. Hey, moron. Bid you farewell and good luck, morons. Bye.